Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. What an incredible Easter. What an incredible experience we have the opportunity of having, even though it's very different. For some of you, this may be the very first time that you've ever not been in church on Easter, or at least in the building. But we are the church and all of us together, we just had the opportunity to experience an amazing experience of worship. And I'm excited to bring a message to you that I believe is going to help us all celebrate the very nature of who Jesus is. And that is the the very idea that he wants to set us free. He wants to set all of us free and all the work that he's done, everything that he has made an effort to do through the cross, through the life that he lived, Everything is pointing to this idea of freedom. Well, today we're celebrating our faith that Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. We're celebrating our families. I hope that today you are together with your families or at least to some semblance of reason that you're hanging out and and enjoying your family. We're celebrating our homes. We're in our homes. We're celebrating Easter and uh, that's awesome. Celebrating our freedoms. We have the freedom to worship. We have the freedom to proclaim Jesus. We have the freedom to, to, to express our faith. And I love that. We're, hopefully you're celebrating health. <laughs> that this, this time in our history is uh, all about this health that we have the opportunity to breathe. And if you're not feeling well, we just wanna know, want you to know we're praying for you, that you're uh, in our prayers, that we're holding you up. In fact, I'd just like to take a moment and pray for those that are sick today, that are, whether it's the, the, the coronavirus or whether it's something else, let's just take a moment and pray for your health, for your well-being. God, we just come to you right now and I pray for those that are not feeling well. I, I realize that in today's world, in today's moment, um, any sickness is, creates an anxiety. And I just pray that you would touch the people that are, are not feeling well, that you would touch those people that are, are worried or concerned or feeling that anxiety, maybe a sniffle, maybe just a cough. Whatever it is, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would heal and make people well. And I thank you and I praise you for that. Lord, bless our country, bless our, our nation and our world as we continue to uh, do everything we can to keep everyone as healthy as possible. So Lord, I pray your blessing on those that are, are not feeling well today. I thank you for those that are. And Lord, we also mourn with those that have lost loved ones. We pray that you comfort them and give them peace and that you minister to their needs. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen and amen. Well, uh, today I wanna talk about freedom. I wanna talk about this tension that created Easter. There's a tension that created it. And I wanna talk about that tension. And it's a unique tension. Have you ever had a, a relationship go wrong? Have you ever had this moment in your life where you didn't get along or you had a really loving, caring relationship and then all of a sudden it went bad? Well, that's the tension of Easter. That's the tension of understanding that Jesus was unsatisfied. God was unsatisfied that there was something between us and him. There's this, this unintended outcome of relationship. When he created Adam and Eve, there was this intention that there would be this constant connection, this constant love relationship, this constant enjoyment of, of, of community. And it was broken. It was broken when Adam and Eve ate the fruit. I believe it was a jalapeno. 
I believe it was this tempting little uh, uh, pepper that Adam and Eve looked at and goes, oh man, that's got to be good. And before sin, it wasn't hot. After sin, it was. And so that's why the jalapeno is hot. But it added flavor to our salsas. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <clears throat> they broke the relationship when they ate the fruit that they were not supposed to eat. And what happened is there all of a sudden that had a ripple effect through all of humanity that you and I today are bent towards sin. We have this thing called sin nature that holds us captive. The Bible says we're slaves to it. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But we are born with this bent to, to do things that are, are inconsistent with the, a holy and righteous relationship with God. It's like a, a, a diet. It's like when you're on a diet and you, you know the rules of the diet, but you've grown in, in habits and you've, you've created things in your life that um, are, are unlike uh, uh, it, the, the way to eat healthy or the way to um, lose weight. And so you know all the rules, you know all the regulations of a diet, but man, they are restrictive. Anytime I go on a, a diet of some sort, I'm like, oh man, this is so hard. And it, it, I have the hardest time getting out of it. Well, sin is that way. It's like it, it has this hold on us and it has this grip. And without the work of Jesus Christ, we become a slave to it. Adam and Eve started the, this idea of a broken relationship. And the tension of this broken relationship is why Jesus died and rose again. This tension, it's a broken relationship, is why Jesus died and he rose again. Because you and I, without his work, without his work on the cross, without his perfect life lived, without his resurrection, you and I would still have a broken relationship today. Maybe you're a guest today. And we thank you for being with us today. Maybe you're a guest. Maybe you're somebody who's kicking the tires of faith. And you're wondering, what is this tension? Well, the tension about Easter. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Why did he raise from the dead? Because there was this tension, this broken relationship. There was a lack of freedom. Jesus was motivated. His love motivated uh, him to die for us so that this relationship could be fixed. He wanted to pay a ransom for the slavery or the captivity that you and I are in. And so it's, it's similar to the current, current situation we're in where there's all these restrictions. There's limits on knowledge. There's only certain people that have the knowledge. There's limits on decision-making. Some of the decisions we can't make for ourselves. We're the directives rather than suggestions. We're being told what to do rather than giving a choice of what to do. Much like that is the captivity that sin uh, takes over. And when, it, when our decisions can't be made, our, our sin nature drives us to it, it creates a lot of confusion. Well, there's a great passage in John chapter 8 that talks about Jesus' desire to set us free. Jesus' desire to set us free. And it's John chapter 8, verse 31. And it says this, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. In other words, if you follow me, if you walk the path that you've, I've set before you, then you, you'll be truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Following Jesus' path, following and believing in him, having faith in him will set us free. Free. 
That's, the, that, that's free from the slavery of sin. It, if we walk the path that Jesus exampled before us, if we put our faith in him, that he died on a cross and was raised again on, on Easter Sunday, then we will have that freedom, that, that freedom from sin, that freedom from the bondage of it. And there's a, a, powerful, a powerful reality there. But then he answered to some other people in verse 33. It says, they answered him. They, meaning the people, the religious people or people that, that had a, their own perspective, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Isn't that interesting? Here are Jewish people, the Israelites, who are arguing with Jesus and saying, listen, we don't need to be set free. We... we we have never been captives of anybody. We are not slaves to anything or anyone. That's interesting to me because history says that they were slaves to Egypt. They were slaves to Assyria. They were slaves to Babylon. They were slaves to Persia. They were slaves to Greece. And they were currently under the iron fist of Rome. And to say that they weren't captive to anybody. I think what they were trying to say in their arrogance is that, hey, no one's got control over me. And I think that's a tension that we need to address right now. I think when we're, we're told that there's something that's got a hold on us, often our pride, maybe our um, insecurities, or something kind of elevates and says, whoa, 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 hey, hold on, no one has control over me. It's hard to admit that there's sin that has control over us, that there's things that we don't have control over, that, that we're captive to them, that they control us. It's, it's hard to admit that um, uh, if you're on a diet, that food has control over you, that you're addicted to carbs or, or that you love sugar or that you, you like, you know, if you put bread in front of me, I'm held captive. <laughs> put, put, put Mexican sweet bread, pan dulce in front of me, done. I'm captive. Might as well put the shackles on. I'm going to eat the whole box of, 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 of sweetbread. That's, that's captivity. Those are things that control us. Those are things that, and, and I don't want to admit that, but it's true. And as soon as I'm allowed or I allow the truth to creep in and I allow the light to shine on that truth, then something can be done about it. But if we're like these Israelites who say, Wait, hold on, we've never been captive. Well, they're really telling a lie because they have been captive. The whole history of Israel is a series of captive events, a series of captive moments that, um, that, that happen over time. In Romans chapter 6, verse 16, it says this. It says, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Whatever you give yourself to, you're a slave to. Whatever you obey, you become that slave. And we can choose. We can choose to be a slave to our sins, or we can choose to be uh, held captive, really, by the love of Jesus and, and walk in his ways. I would much rather give myself to the righteousness rather than to the wrong. And I think that this is a clear picture that when we give ourselves to something, we are slaves to it. Let me ask you this question. What are you giving yourself to today? 
What really drives your life? What motivates you to do all that you do and be all that you are? What are you held captive to? Let's not let our, our insecurities or our arrogance or pride get in the way of admitting that we have a sin problem. Jesus replied in verse 34, he says this, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. The reality that this passage really says this, whoever practices sin is a slave to it. Whoever practices, whoever is doing something consistently that, that, that isn't consistent with the righteousness or, or, or right relationship with God is a slave to it. And so we're giving ourselves to things that um, have control over us. Romans 3, 23 says this, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned, you and me. I'll tell you what, I, I, was, um, <clears throat> I was taken back on Friday night when we did our, our Good Friday service and I was reviewing those steps that Jesus took and those bloody moments that he experienced when he gave himself uh, up to, to be sacrificed and to be crucified. I remembered that all of those things that he did he did for my sin. He did because I, because he loved me. He, he loved me so much that he was willing to go through all of that punishment. I don't know about you, but I have to admit, I'm a sinner. And I need God's grace every single day. I need God's grace in my life. And I can't be like these Israelites who are, are, are denying what's the reality in their lives. In verse 35, he says, now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a, song, a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Oh, my goodness. This is where it gets really good, because as soon as we're willing to admit our captivity, we can come to this place and say, Jesus, please accept my uh, please accept my confession of sin. And I accept your forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness and all of a sudden I go from slave to sin to son of the living God. All of, all of a sudden I go from this temporary position of slavery to this permanent position of family, of a child of the king. See, the difference between a son and a servant is that a servant could be kicked out of the uh, of. Uh, ownership at any time. You can be kicked out of the family. Yeah, you might be able to come into the house. You might be able to be a part of, of something. But until you're a child of that family, you're temporary. This potential that you're not going to last that in, in, in this context, in the biblical context, slaves could be sold. Slaves could be kicked out. Slaves could be uh, 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 put away. And as a result, they don't belong to the family. But as a son, you're in. You're in for good. You're in for the, the, the permanent purpose of, of knowing that you have a relationship with the father and that you have an equal relationship with all the children in, in, that, in that context. You can pick your slave, but you can't pick your family member. Look at your family member right now and say, you're stuck with me. And as a family, as a family member of God, you're stuck with me because we're going to spend eternity together. So you, you just get used to it. We're going to hang out for all of eternity. That's the beauty of knowing and having a confidence that I've been set free from my sin, is that I now belong to the family of God. I'm no longer a slave that can move here and there or get kicked out or whatever. I'm, I'm permanent 
relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's a beautiful thing. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. No longer held captive to sin. No longer captive in, in, in a temporary kind of context of slavery. But I am now a child and I belong to the family. Verse 37 says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. This idea of no room for the word is, is that basically we're just closing the door and saying, no, I'm not going to listen to the truth. Maybe you've heard these stories before. Maybe you've celebrated Easter before. But you, you, you haven't connected your sin to that slavery and that slavery to captivity. And you today make room, make room in your life. Open the door of your of your heart to experience the very love of Jesus. See, he was motivated by love to set you free, to set me free. And it won't be freedom until we open our hearts and say, Jesus, I realize I've made mistakes. I realize I've sinned. And today I accept the fact that you, your work on the cross, set me free. Your work of raising from the dead, defeating death, hell, and the grave has allowed me the freedom to not be a slave anymore, but now I'm a child of the king. In verse 38, it says, I'm telling you whatever I have seen in the Father's presence. In other words, Jesus is, is speaking on behalf of God. In behalf of God. And you are doing what you have heard from your father. In other words, they're hearing a different voice. That voice, most commentators believe, is the voice of the enemy or the devil. And they're hearing this voice that says, no, you don't need, you don't need um, to hear God's freedom words. You just need to, to do your own thing. That's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. We simply need to admit that we have a, a sin problem and then recognize what Jesus has done. That the truth will set us free. So what is the truth? What is the, the bottom line of this whole experience of Easter? What is the bottom line? Well, the first truth is this, is that without the work of the cross and the resurrection, we would be in bondage to sin and the resulting judgment. Without the work of the cross, let's say the cross never happened. Let's say the resurrection never happened. Today, you and me would still be in bondage to sin. We would be making every attempt on our own power and our own strength to try and, and make a way to have an eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. We can't do it. In fact, there's a passage of scripture that says in Romans 8, verse 3, it says this, For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, in other words, that we cannot follow all the rules. We cannot, we cannot follow all, the, all the, the regulations and rules that were there because our flesh is weak. We don't have the power to, 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 to work it out, to do all the things that it would take to have a right relationship with Jesus Christ. But it says this at the end of that verse, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. So what we can't do, Jesus did. What we can't do, Jesus did. And, and that's the reality. And so are we willing to let the truth shine into our lives and say, listen, I can't do this on my own. Without the cross, I can't do life without the cross and without the resurrection. I can't do this, this uh, life without knowing that Jesus made the sacrifice, paid the ransom for my sin, and allowed me to live separate from my sin. 
No, the truth, here's the truth. This is the bottom line, the very, the very, very bottom line. With the work of the cross and the resurrection, we are set free from sin and promised eternal life. This is it. This is the touchdown. This is the, the, the winning moment for you and for me. I knew, if you know me at all, I love to be on the winning team. I hate to lose. I'm a very competitive person. When my kids were growing up, they found that out to be true. When I would play games with them, I wouldn't always let them win because I like winning. And they would cry. And then we'd have a little repair to do. Um, but that's, that's the reality. We are on the winning team. Romans 3.25 says this, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Jesus paid the price and we win. The sin has been, our, redeem, our redemption has been paid for. Our sin has been overcome and we are victorious. And I'm so excited to let you know that we are winners, that we, the work of the cross, the work of the resurrection has set us free and we are no longer in bondage. Galatians 5.1 says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of what? Of slavery. Of slavery. Don't be captured by this idea that you think or you want to deny that you have a sin problem. Or don't, don't think that for any moment that we're, uh, uh, <clears throat> that we're okay without the cross or without the resurrection. We're not. What we are okay with is with the cross and with the resurrection. Why do we celebrate Easter? Because it's the big win. It's the, it's the absolute win in our faith and in our lives. The cross is the work of our salvation. He lived a perfect and innocent life and was taken to the cross as an innocent person. He suffered for our sin. He, his body was broken. His blood was shed. The death of an innocent and pure man was given for the sins of us, our guilty. He paid the ransom for our sin. This is a powerful reality. The cross is the work of our salvation. But here's the bottom line. Like, like Ron said on Friday, the, the, the Good Friday would be a bummer if there wasn't Easter. If Easter didn't happen, Good Friday was a big waste of energy. Easter happened. Jesus rose from the dead. And here's the reality. The resurrection is the reward and the victory of salvation. This is the, 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 the win, the big uh, moment where we can experience and know that there is no more death, that we are children of God, that we belong in the eternal presence of the Lord, that we are a child of the King and we are part of the family. You're no longer a slave. We're no longer a captive by sin. We are fully in, we are permanently in, the, in a relationship with God and we belong forever to the family of God. We're no longer in this bondage. We're no longer held captive. We are fully alive in Christ. So what do we do with this? There's a famous question a long, long time ago just by an evangelist and he, he would ask this question often. He would say, what will you do with what you know about Jesus? What will you do with what you know about Jesus? What will you do, what will you do to know that he died on a cross for your sins and that he rose three days later to give us the promise of eternal life? 
What will you do this Easter with the, with the knowledge that you have that, that, yeah, we, even though we are born into the sin nature, we have a way of getting out. We have a way of becoming free. And that is by accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. What will you do? Living free from sin means that we no longer have to live in guilt and shame or in question of who we belong to. You can have confidence today that you belong to the family of God. You are no longer held captive to sin. Yeah, we're going to make mistakes along the way. That's part of our growth process of growing out of who we were and becoming more like Christ every day. But today you can know that you have the power, you have the victory, you have the, the, the opportunity to live eternally with God in His family. Living free from sin means that we no longer live outside of that family, but inside the family. I want to pray with you. I want to ask God. Maybe you're a Christian today and you've struggled with your own confidence in your faith. Well, this is another reason to know that Jesus, when He rose from the dead, defeated death, hell, and the grave. He has power over any circumstance that you face, any sin that you're tempted by. It's His power, not yours. If we could do it, we would have. And he wouldn't have never, he wouldn't have had to go to the cross. He wouldn't have had to raise from the dead. But today, we can know without question that the truth will set us free. The truth that we are sinners, but the truth that he rose from the dead and has defeated death, hell, and the grave. Let's celebrate that now. And I want to pray with you that if you're a Christian and you're losing that confidence in your faith, let's pray right now that you live in the victory of knowing that Jesus has won a battle for you. God, I pray for those that are struggling in their faith, the confidence. I pray that you give them that sense of, of confidence. I pray that you help them to know, Lord, that you won the game, that you have the victory, that we have the victory over sin, that there's nothing that, that is holding us captive any longer for what you did set us free. And we thank you and praise you for it. Thank you, God, for giving us the strength to win in those times of temptation. Thank you, God, for helping us win. Even when we fall, you forgive us and your grace is available to us because your cross and because of the resurrection. And maybe you're with us today and you're, you've been kind of checking out different pages through the website or maybe you're going on Facebook or whatever. Maybe a friend invited you to watch this today and you are for the first time realizing I've got a sin problem and I need to ask God to forgive me of that sin. I need to admit that I'm a sinner and as a result, the work that Jesus did on the cross and the resurrection will set you free. I want to pray with you as well. God, I pray for those that are, are with us today. Maybe they're just realizing for the very first time that you love them and you are so motivated by your love that you died on a cross so that our sins could be forgiven. And you rose again on the third day so that we could have the promise of eternal life and belong to the family of God. If there's anyone that is watching and listening today, I pray that you help them to confess their sin. Pray this prayer uh, after me. Dear Jesus, I admit that I've made mistakes. I've sinned against you and I need your forgiveness. And I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. And I thank you for dying on a cross so that I could experience new life, and so that I could experience having my sins forgiven. And I accept that forgiveness right now. And dear Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead. 
and that today you live forever. And because of that, I will experience eternal life. And I accept that eternal life. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, you now belong to the family of God. You are no longer a slave to sin. You are set free. You have complete freedom. And as a result, you now belong to the family of God. I can call you brother or sister. I can call you friend. I, you belong. And that's a powerful reality. Well, I hope this Easter has been a blessing to you and to your family. I hope that you're having a great time at home. And I hope that you're experiencing the love of God. Because motivated by love, He made us free. He gave us freedom. And I just pray God's best for you. Stay healthy. Continue to respect all those restrictions that we have on us right now. Because soon we'll be back together and we'll be able to celebrate everything face to face as opposed to face to camera. But I love you. Karen and I love you. We're praying for you. And we hope God's best for you. Thank you for joining us this Easter. And Ron's going to take a moment and just lead us out in worship. God bless you. And again, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.